Hello and welcome to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number 24. My name is Ismael San Juan. Thank you so much for being here. Today we're going to talk about NFL Week 15. The Jets. The Jets are no longer going 0-16. They no longer have the number one overall pick. That belongs to the Jaguars. Jalen Hurts and Kyle Murray put on a show in the desert. Also, the Chiefs beat the Saints. They show they're the class of the NFL. And in the Premier League, Tottenham lose. United and Liverpool get convincing wins. And my Wolves lose again. Sad, sad, sad. Also going to give my NBA predictions, playoff predictions, award predictions. Going to be a good episode. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get started. In the NFL, what are the Jets doing? What are the Jets doing? They no longer have the first overall pick in the NFL by virtue of beating the Rams 23-20. to They can't even tank properly. All they had to do was lose out, and they would get a once-in-a-generational talent in Trevor Lawrence. Everyone knows that Trevor Lawrence is the best prospect, best college prospect going towards the NFL since Andrew Lugg. Can't miss prospect. Going to change whoever, whichever franchise gets him. He's going to change the direction of that franchise. He's going to turn that team around. And now, because the Jets lost, I mean, because it felt like a loss, but because the Jets won, they no longer control their own destiny. That belongs to the Jaguars. Jaguars lose out. They will be selecting number one overall in the NFL draft. I think if you're Trevor Lawrence, you should be waking up happy, content, ecstatic, all, all positive things. You should you should wake up with a smile and a face in your face today, because uh, I'm not saying the Jaguars are a great ran franchise, but compared to the Jets, they are night and day. The Jets might be the worst ran franchise in the NFL now that the Browns are turning, are heading upwards. The Jets are head and shoulders the worst franchise in the NFL. Uh, they have bad management, bad coaches, their lack of talent in in that roster. So if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm waking up ecstatic today. I'm waking up with a smile on my face. I get to play with undrafted rookie James Robinson, who's having a great season this year. I get to throw to DJ Char, Keenan Cole, not bad wide receivers. And uh, honestly, I think the Jets would have ruined Trevor Lawrence. I think they would have, maybe if you get Trevor Lawrence, you get comfortable, you get complacent. You're like, all right, we got Trevor Lawrence. And you don't do the full the full rebuild that the Jets got to do. They got to blow everything up, top to bottom, just start a new franchise almost. It's bad in, in New York. But for the Jaguars, I think they're, they're, they're lucky. They have talent on that team. They, they're not getting wins, but you could tell that if they get Trevor Lawrence, that might be a quick turnaround. That might be one of those teams where next season they're – they're fighting for a playoff position in the AFC South. The Colts are going to lose Phillip Rivers. We don't know what, what the hell is going on with the Texans. What are they doing? They have Watson, but not much else. They're in cap hell, too. So it, the the Titans the are going to be the good. Like They look like they're positioned good for a couple years. But the Jaguars could, could start making some noise if they get Trevor Lawrence. And as far as the Jets, I know Jets fans are super upset right now. Jets fans... Thought they were going to get Trevor Lawrence, tank for Trevor. But I- I'm here to tell you it's not the end of the world. Because if you look at all the QBs that have been coming out recently, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen, Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert, Tua, there's a lot of young quarterbacks that are, even even right now, the Eagles, 
with Jalen Hurts. He's playing good. He he changed that team. Justin Fields is not a bad prospect. Justin 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 Fields could come in there and he could show some stuff. He could bring a lot of positive things to the Jets. You could build around Justin Fields. He's a great prospect too. He's probably gonna go second overall. You're gonna trade uh, Sam Darnold. You're gonna get some 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 type of talent for him. There's gonna be teams that are gonna be um, looking for quarterbacks that their team is too good to to get to draft one. I'm looking at the Colts. I'm looking at the at the Steelers, they're going to be in the market. So you should be able to get something for Sam Darnold, get Justin Fields, and build around him, get some picks, draft correctly. I think if you're the Jets, you got to look at how important a, a, a coach is in the NFL. If you look at, um, like everyone keeps looking at Patrick Mahomes and how he's developed. If he would have gone to the Bears and, and the Chiefs you get Trubisky, I'm not saying Trubisky will be Patrick Mahomes, but I would say that Patrick Mahomes would not be the Patrick Mahomes he is right now. He would have probably still been a good quarterback, a great quarterback even, but he would not have been like right now. He's on greatest of all, greatest quarterback of all time projection. So I think the Jets need to get that coaching hire right. I think they need to get either Brian Dayball or Eric Bieniemy. I think uh, if they get either one of those, they should be in a good position. Eric Bieniemy, the job he's done in Kansas City, he's He's being tutored by Andy Reid, one of the greatest offensive coaches ever in the NFL, and he's he's shown that he's he has it. And Brian Dayball, the things he's been able to do with Josh Allen is it's extraordinary. It's great. Every time Josh Allen plays on primetime, or every time I'm catching one of those games by the Bills, they always highlight the how he worked with Josh Allen, and it's visible. You can see it. The I don't lie. You could tell that he's. Develop Josh Allen. You could tell the the great progress that Josh Allen has made. So, even even if the Jets would have gotten Trevor Lawrence, if they don't get that coaching hire, they're gonna ruin him. Um, and even as good as Trevor Lawrence is, is he gonna have a better season than Justin Herbert is having this year? Justin Herbert is breaking all the records. He looks like one of the best rookies ever. And there's the Chargers are still not racking up wins. And what's the main? Every anyone that's seen the Chargers play could point to the coaches. Lynn is not a great coach. He doesn't know how to time management. Special teams is a mess. Like the co- the quarterback could only take you so far if your team is terrible. So that the Jets, if you're able to get one of these coaches, if you're able to fix off your roster, then then we can start talking about all right, turning that franchise around, turning that franchise around and making progress and being a competent team. But it is not just as easy as getting Trevor Lawrence is what I'm trying to say. Yes, he's a great prospect, but it's not just as easy as getting Trevor Lawrence. If you get Justin Fields, if you get a right coach, I think you should still be in good positions to to be a relevant team in the coming years. So it's not the end of it's not the end of the it's not the end of the world. This is what I'm trying to say. Jets fans, I know you guys are distraught today. I know you guys are waking up with the frown in your face. But it's not the end of the world. Get the right coach. And like I said, Jalen Hurts is playing great or good. He's pretty good. High, he's playing at a high level. He was a second-round pick. Lamar Jackson is playing. He, he has the Ravens firing. He won MVP already. And they got him at the end of the first round. You, you could succeed. If, if you put a nice nucleus around the quarterback, then you could succeed. Because then if you don't, then you're going to be in the same position you were couple years ago when you drafted Sam Darnold, like fifth overall, and now he looks like 
he's a wasted quarterback. And uh, and Trevor Lawrence is more talented than Donald, so he has a better chance to succeed. But if nothing changes in that franchise, nothing they're gonna waste another quarterback again. Because if you guys don't remember, Sam Donald was a highly touted coming out of USC. He had a great arm. They're comparing him to Big Ben, a more mobile Big Ben. He has one of the biggest arms coming out of college. And now look at him. Three years later, four years later, they're thinking of moving on for him. They want somebody else. And I could blame the coaching staff. I could blame the franchise. So get the coaching higher rights. What I'm trying to harp on, get the coaching higher right. Brian Dable or Eric Bieniemy, Justin Fields, and you should be you should be good. You should be fine. You should be you, you could go forward with that. And it's not the end of the world. And the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. Enjoy Trevor Lawrence. I think uh, you guys are going to turn that franchise around pretty soon. I, I like what I'm seeing with the Jaguars. 1-15 season. Keep losing, and we'll see how they play out. But I think it's going to be great. It's going to be good to see how Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence play out their careers. I want to see how, how it goes and if the Jets really messed up by winning this game. But on Sunday... The Eagles played against the Cardinals in one of the most exciting games this year. Jalen Hurts, in his second start, put on a show. We all know what Kyle Murray brings to the table. He put he always puts on a show when he's playing good. It was it was an exciting, exciting game. Uh, I just talked about how uh, quarterbacks succeed so early in the NFL, and now Jalen Hurts putting on a show in his second start. He, he does miss some throws sometimes. He throws a little high sometimes. Uh, Sometimes he gets staring. He he gets caught staring at a receiver for too long, but you can't you can't deny his grit. You can't deny his toughness on that touchdown run he had. It was all hard. It was all grit. He wanted it more than than the defenders did. Just keep he kept stretching. He kept fighting for it. I like what I see from Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think he should be he should finish out the season. And I think the Eagles should move on from Wentz. I know he's been grumbling that he doesn't like the situation. Well, too bad, man. You were playing horrible. Now Hurts comes in and he. The, the Eagles look different. The Eagles look more energized. Everyone seems to be playing better. But, I mean, if you guys missed this game, you guys you guys should watch the highlights. You guys should try to get the rewind. Jalen Hurts and Kyle Murray put on the show. Hurts went for 338 passing yards, three touchdowns, 63 yards rushing, and a touchdown. And Murray went for 406 yards, three touchdowns, 29 yards rushing, one touchdown. It was fireworks. They were taking their teams back and forth. Uh, these are the type of games I like. The, the final score was, uh, what was it, 26-31 or something like that. But it was an exciting game, back and forth. Jalen Hurts, I, I, I like everyone was saying that he doesn't have an arm, he's not accurate. and I mean, he does miss a couple throws high, but he makes some throws, like the back shoulder, the back shoulder to Alshon Jeffrey. That was nice. That was that gives me confidence going forward. I'm like, all right, I think, I think you could build around Jalen Hurts. I think he, he could be the guy going forward. But I think Murray Murray's probably the best quarterback that I've seen have QB duels this year. Uh, he's had great duels against Russell Wilson. He had a great game against the Dolphins and Tua. He had a great game against Josh Allen, the the Hail Mary at the end. Murray, Murray, when he goes up against like good quarterbacks, he always brings it. He always puts on a show. This is like the fourth QB. I might be missing more, but I, this is the fourth QB like game that that really stands out in my head where I'm like, damn, this is a great quarterback duel. Murray versus Hurts, both mobile running quarterbacks. And like I said, he Murray always brings it when these good QBs come to Arizona or when he has a, a battle. Because, oh, yeah, he, he's played every single one of them at home. He played Wilson at home, 
he brought it then. Uh, the Dolphins went to Arizona, I believe. That was a great game. Tua and and Murray both had great games. And then Josh Allen, they came to Arizona too. And Murray had another great game. Now he had another great game against Hurts. Murray's exciting. I love watching Murray. He 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 runs. He's he's so quick. He he extends plays. He had a couple of turnovers and he needs to cut down on that. Uh a couple a fumble, a pick. So he needs to cut on that. But uh I, I like I love watching the Cardinals just because they're very exciting to watch. Their defense is, is decent, but they allow other teams to stay in the game. And it just I just like their games. Uh, Cardinals might be one of the most entertaining teams to watch, for good or for bad. I'm not a Cardinals fan, so so I'm, maybe I'm enjoying the game more as a neutral. It might it might drive Arizona Cardinals fans crazy. I don't know if there's if there's Cardinal fans watching this, listening to this. Let me know how does it feel having a team that puts on great games against other teams. Like maybe you would you would have liked to seen the Cardinals take care of the Eagles, like in in a better fashion, like just win like outright and not leave it to the end. But I, I love these games. And the Eagles, I think they brought on Hurts a little too late. If they would have won this game, they would have been right in the thick of things to win the NFC East, especially because Washington lost, the Giants lost. But this loss kind of crushes their playoff hopes. I don't think they're going to make it anymore. But overall, positive things on Her- on Hurts. He looked good. He brought life to the offense. And Murray and the Cardinals, they hold on to the seventh seed. They play... Uh, the Niners and the Rams next, two tough divisional matchups. I hope, I do hope they win both of them and they hold on to that playoff spot. I think if they lose to the Rams the last week and the Bears win out, the Bears would have the seventh seed. And ah, I would rather see the, uh, the Cardinals than the Bears in the playoffs. No offense to Chicago fans out there. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I love Montgomery. I love uh, Trubisky. He's playing better. So it might not be a boring game, but having Arizona in the playoffs would be exciting. I would love to see Arizona in the playoffs. And right now, as things stand, they would be playing the Saints in the first round. And like I said, Murray brings it against quarterbacks. He when he plays a good quarterback, he brings it. Like yeah, he, he I guess he enjoys putting on like shows. So Murray versus Wilson was great. Versus Tua versus Josh Allen versus Hurts. I think Arizona versus the Saints would be. Great, and the, who knows how it's gonna end up? Like I'm speculating right now, the Saints might go up or down. But whoever the Arizona, if they do make the playoffs, it's gonna be. A, I just know it's gonna be a fun game. So I hope I do hope they hold on. And for the Eagles, it's it's. I I kind of wish they would have made the playoffs too, just because I think the Eagles are more fun, especially now that Hurts are is in the show, it's in the game. I feel like Hurts is a better. The Eagles are a more exciting team to watch than let's say the Cowboys. Or the Washington football team, or the Giants. I just like the Eagles just bring more excitement, and they would have played. They could have played each other in the playoffs, maybe. But I just, uh, I'm kind of disappointed the Eagles don't really have a path to the playoffs anymore. I would have loved to see them in the playoffs. But Murray versus Hurts, just another matchup of new age quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks. This is this is this is where the NFL is heading. You got to get yourself one of these quarterbacks, one of these quarterbacks that can move, one of these quarterbacks that could extend the play, one of these quarterbacks that could make play with their feet and Sunday was just another another display of that Murray versus Hurts it was a great game if you guys haven't watched it go try to find it somewhere watch the highlights it was a great game uh I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it was the most exciting game this of NFL week 15 if I'm being honest that was a great game and on Sunday the Chiefs played the Saints 
and what was what a lot of people considered the play the Super Bowl preview. Uh, the game, the defenses had a lot to say this game. Uh, the Chiefs had the lead for almost the whole game. The Saints started off rusty. Drew Brees looked rusty. Drew Brees looked like maybe he came a week early from his injury, a week or two early. Like, I get it. You were trying to play the Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions. You were trying to see how good your team is. But Drew Brees looked rusty. He was, like, around 50% uh, accuracy on his throws, like, percentage-wise. Uh, he started like 0 for 5 at the beginning of the game. That was like a reoccurring thing that the announcers were saying. Oh, Drew Brees has never has never missed uh, his first five throws in a game ever. I think he missed like his first five or six. So you could tell Drew Brees was rusty. He was inaccurate in the beginning. He he threw like a screen high, and then he was like uh, getting some throws like short. Like they were skipping on the ground before they're getting to wide receivers. You just knew Drew Brees wasn't at 100. percent so maybe he should have sat out one more week. They should have gave Taysom Hill a start. But, I mean, Drew Brees is a competitor. I know he wants to be out there. I know he wants to show that he still got it, that he's that he's good enough. And especially against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the class of the NFL. And I, I that's you You want to play those games. You want to play those games against the, the elite competition. And for the Saints, they didn't have Michael Thomas Drew Brees was rusty, and they still were in the game. The final score was 32-29. So I, I guess you achieve, if you're the Saints, you can look at it like glass half full. Like, we didn't have Michael Thomas. Drew Brees was rusty. And we were still kind of there at the end of the game. And But that was a great defensive performance by the by the Saints. They held Hill and... Uh, uh, they, they held Hill and uh, Kelsey for 121 yards combined. So can they replicate that? I, I I don't know. We'll see if they match up in the Super Bowl. But I just, if you're a Saints fan, you, you must be frustrated right now because it seems like you can't get Drew Brees and Michael Thomas healthy on the field at the same time. I know Michael Thomas was has has had this lingering uh, injury since the beginning of the season, and then Drew Brees got hurt and in the games that Michael Thomas came back. So it just it just seems like the Saints offense hasn't fully hit all their gears yet like you've never had Michael Thomas Breeze and Kamara playing like at their 100% throughout the season so maybe Michael Thomas being an IR is what they need like let's get him healthy get Kamara healthy hopefully Drew Breeze by the time the playoffs comes around he's in form his ribs are fully healed and then we'll see if the Saints can make a playoff run because they do have the defense and the offense will get there I believe and I like what I saw in the defense against the Chiefs. The Chiefs have the most high-powered offense, in my opinion. They could put 50 on anybody if they really wanted to. But some positives to take away from the from the Saints. I mean, you were close. You were in there. Like I said, Drew Brees was inaccurate. He started like 0 for 5, 0 for 5 in the beginning. He's never done that. And you were still in the game. So some positives to take away from the Saints. Um, you have a good team. I could see the Saints making it to the Super Bowl. I can see them also not making it to the Super Bowl. They're, the the NFC teams are they're they're so close together in my opinion. Like the Packers, the Saints, the Rams, the Seahawks. I feel like every every one of these teams has had a hiccup throughout the season. Uh, whether it was the, the Packers against the, the Bucks or the Saints against the Eagles or the Seahawks, they didn't look that good against the Jets. I mean, they did look good against the Jets. Against Washington, they didn't look that good. They've had some stinkers earlier in the season. 
It's just it doesn't seem like any NFC team is pulling away from the rest. So we'll see how far the Saints could go. Uh, what is my question is what is the ceiling with for the Saints with the healthy Breeze and a healthy Michael Thomas? Can they get to the Super Bowl? That's one of my questions. As far as the Chiefs, they look good. Uh, they kind of struggled on offense. They, I feel like they should have blown this game out, but credit to the Saints defense. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs do enough to win. It seems like that's the reoccurring uh, theme of the Chiefs season this year. They do just enough to win, like whether it be the Saints or the Broncos or you name it. They they just do enough. The Chargers, they just do enough to win. And you can't really fault them for that. Like they're what? Uh, 13 and one after 14 games you can't fault them for being 13 and one but it does bring the question if can the can the chiefs keep winning like this are they able to just win games by one possession games like we still haven't seen the chiefs just blow somebody out or blow teams out consistently like back-to-back weekends just establish their dominance and send a message to the nfl i mean they keep winning and they and they always keep it close and it just kind of people say that they're in a low, they're uninterested with the with the regular season. Once they go to the playoffs, they're gonna turn it on, they're gonna annihilate these teams. But I mean, you you build you build tendencies, you build the pattern. So I'm just I hope I, I want to see I want to see the my Super Bowl prediction was the Chiefs versus the versus the Seahawks before the season started. So I I still want to see that happen. So from for my sake, I want to see the Chiefs go all the way to Super Bowl. But it just seems like every game, no matter what the situation is with the other team, it could be Drew Brees coming back from an injury, not being at 100%, not being in rhythm. It could be you playing against Drew Locke, who was a turnover machine before you played him, or against the Chargers, against a rookie quarterback that's just got the start 10 minutes before the game. It just seems no matter what the situation with the other team, Tua, Tua uh, playing a vanilla offense, because he's not fully there yet. Whatever, whatever is going on with the other team, it just seems like the Chiefs let the, lets them stay to the end of the game. It's always close. It ends up being a one possession game, and the offense has to get a first down or something to run out the clock. I want to see more convincing wins. Maybe they do it in the next couple games. They have the Falcons and the Chargers, two teams known for completely blowing games. So we'll see how they do it. We'll see how if if they're able to finish with some convincing wins to really build that confidence, that momentum going into the playoffs, or if they just keep doing more of the same, they might even fall, like, and uh, not lose to the Falcons and the Chargers, but trail, trail in the game because the Falcons and the Chargers do have capable offenses. So they might, I can see the Chiefs pulling up, uh, like being down against the Chargers and the Falcons and then ending up winning at the end, making comebacks. You know how the Falcons and Chargers blow leads. But I would, I would also like to see them, like you just... Show their dominance and blow them out, and show them, hey, we're ready for the playoffs. I'll bring it! And like, but we'll see. We'll see if if they want to just keep doing this. I mean, you can't fault them. They keep on winning. They're thirteen and one for the season. They have Andy Reid, one of the best coaches in the NFL. They have Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the NFL. So I, you can't really bet against them. But I would like to see them just break away from this tendency that they have of barely beating teams, letting teams linger, uh, not putting all. Not going like just all out and beating teams, but we'll see. We'll see how they do in the playoffs. Chiefs, Chiefs versus Saints. It was a good game. Uh, I would like to see. I'm curious to see how they finish out their seasons. Like I said, the Chiefs have the Falcons and the Chargers, and the Saints have uh, the Vikings and the Panthers next. I think both both teams have two pretty uh, 
comfortable teams they're playing against to finish the season. I think both of them should finish 2-0 and head into the playoffs with some confidence, some momentum. But that does it for the NFL. NFL Week 15 was interesting. Saints versus Chiefs. It was a good game. Um, I like what I see from the Chiefs. I want to see more from them, though. Saints, I think they'll. I think their ceiling is high once they get Michael Thomas, once Drew Brees gets healthy and in rhythm. And it's not the end of the world for the Jets. You'll get Justin Fields. Try to get a nice coach. Uh, Eric Bieniemy or uh, what's his name? Brian Dayball from the from the from the Bills. If you get one of those, you should be fine. You should be heading in the right direction. It's not the end of the world. Cheer up. But now transitioning over to the Premier League. Match day 14 is in the books. Another great weekend of soccer. Thoroughly enjoyed it. On Sunday, Tottenham played Leicester City. Tottenham was coming off a defeat to Liverpool. In the middle of the week, where they lost 2-1 in the closing minutes, Firmino got the header in the corner, and Tottenham falls again to Leicester City, and they now they're sixth place. They went from being top of the table on Tuesday to being sixth at the conclusion of match day 14. Just it goes to show you how how packed the the table is this year. You can go from first to sixth in the matter of five days. Uh, I think Tottenham is starting to just look like a one-trick pony. Uh, they need to play teams that like to attack and get them in their counterattack, and they need to defend. They need to keep a clean sheet. And I think that's a lot to ask for from this Tottenham team, especially if you're making mistakes. Arier did a dumb foul before the half against Leicester. Uh, you shouldn't. There's no explanation for it. The player is going away from your goal. He has the back to your goal. That's it's like a minute or two to go to halftime. The game zero zero is still in the balance, and it could go either way. You know your team likes to play either ahead or at least zero zero. You don't like to play from behind because it goes away against your tactic, and you just do a dumb foul in a dumb situation. And you cost a dumb penalty, and now you go into the half losing 1-0, and now you're trailing, and you got to throw your whole tactics away. And I, if there's anything that Mourinho has preached in his team, is discipline. And that was just dumb by Arya. There's no explanation for it. And then in the second half, Alder Wilde gets a own goal, and now Tottenham's down 2-0. They completely have to go away from their game plan now. They can't just sit back and get teams on the counterattack. They got to go propose the, the game. They got to go send people forward, and they struggle to create chances. Uh, if it's not Kane, if it's not Son, then Tottenham really have problems finding somebody else to, to have some sort of magic, some sort of moment of brilliance. They really struggle to find somebody else. Bell came in in the second half, and, I mean, he he, he didn't look like the Bell, that, the old Bell that we've seen in the Premier League back in his first stint with Tottenham. But that was to be expected. He hasn't had a lot of playing time. Uh, they need him to get into form. They need another option. They can't just rely on Son and Kane. Bell needs to find his form. He needs to find his rhythm. He needs to get back at maybe 70, 80% of... He'll never be... I don't think he'll ever be the Bell of before. He's 31 years old. He's had a lot of injuries. It looks like he's lost a lot of... Uh, some of his passion, too, for soccer. It, just from a I'm, a... I'm a Real Madrid fan, so just from seeing him for a couple years, it just seems like... 
not getting playing time and maybe all those injuries kind of cut up caught up to him in, in the sense of like how much he enjoys his soccer but if you're able to get 80 85 percent of the old bell then i think that would really help Tottenham and and going forward, creating chances, looking lively when Kane and Son are being like they don't have their best games. I think having Bell be that third option is really going to help him. But I mean, Tottenham, Tottenham, are they title contenders still? I don't think so. I think these last few weeks have kind of exposed that they're a one-trick pony, and I don't think you can, you can win. You cannot win the league like that. Not in the Premier League. You can't just sit back. You gotta. You got to be a little more offensive. You got you can't just sit back. That's one of the problems with Tottenham. They they don't have another game plan to go to. Once that first one doesn't work, they can't they can't transition in games, and I think that's gonna hurt them. Uh, I do have a question. Like, are we gonna see Mourinho open up his team? Is he gonna go away from his his uh set from sitting back trying to get teams on the counterattack? Like right now, he knows that he has to go get results if he wants to. Stay in the title race, six points behind Liverpool, and Liverpool is on fire. Is he going to open up his team more? Is he going to play more offensive player? Are we going to see Dele Ali get more playing time? Are we going to see Bell start and just go go forward more often? Or are we going to just let is Mourinho just going to sink and die with his with his tactic? I mean, he might not sink. He might he might he might be able to turn it around just doing the same thing he's always done. He, he might just be stubborn and say hey this is tried and true this is what i do i'm gonna sit back i'm gonna get teams on the counterattack and i think uh i think that might be the way they're headed especially just hearing Mourinho in, in the press conferences after the game he said that the team was still kind of like this didn't start the the game against leicester city that lively they were still thinking about their loss to liverpool and he keeps mentioning that they should have beat liverpool and i mean should have they Liverpool was the more dominant team. They did have clear chances, but Liverpool was the more the more dominant team. And then he said that once you give up a penalty, once you give up a own goal, then it's hard to beat a team like Leicester. Like these these mistakes happen. So like how are you able to react to this to these mistakes? Like you can't just expect your team to play a perfect a perfect game every every game. Unless you're Liverpool, because they seem like they just play amazing as of right now. But you can't expect to just keep clean sheets and nothing bad is going to happen to your team and you're able to get every single team on the counterattack and you're going to win 1-0 or 2-0. Bad things are going to happen and it's up to Mourinho to figure out how his team's going to react or just not be put in those positions. Go look for the game. Be more lively. Send players forward. But we'll see how we'll see how they do the rest of the season. Like I said, this is a crazy Premier League season. It seems like every team is it finds their rhythm for a couple games, four, five, six game of stretches of five or six games, and then they lose their rhythm, and then some other team finds finds their rhythm for five or six games, and they take the top position. At the beginning of the season, it was Everton, then it was Liverpool. I mean, then it was Tottenham, and it was Chelsea for a little bit. Now it's Liverpool. Uh, it's starting to look like Manchester Manchester United could be could be one of those teams that take the top of the table for a little bit. It's just a weird season. We'll see if Tottenham is able to bounce back. Chelsea had a similar uh, downturn like Tottenham's having right now. They're able to turn it around. We'll see if Tottenham is able to turn it around. They do have the Wolves next who have been struggling. So keep keep an eye out for that. We'll see how Tottenham reacts, if they're able to bounce back, if they're able to uh, get another W against the Wolves. But... 
Another question I have, another question. Is United a title contender this season? They are third in the table. They have 26 points. They just beat Leeds 6-2. They look good. Uh, They've taken 19 points out of their last 21. They still have one more game in hand. And if they win that game, which is against Burnley, who were just at the start of match day 14, they were in relegation. They beat the Wolves, so now they're out of relegation, out of the relegation zone. But they're not, uh, let's say, elite team. So they should be able to beat Burnley, and then they would be two points behind Liverpool. Is is it time to take United as legit title contenders? I don't know. People were hating on United, myself being one of them. They got they got taken out of Champions League when they shouldn't have. They should have been top of that table with the amount of talent they have. I've I've said Ole out. I've been one of the people that's said that, but he has them he has them on fire right now in the Premier League, and it can't be ignored. You can't ignore it. Like I said, 19 points out of 21. That's ridiculous. That's that's great. That that means you won six. You tied one out of your last seven. So is United a legit title contender? Well, they got to find consistency. Number one, if they're able to, if they're able to keep somewhat of this form that they've had in the last seven games, then yes, they'll be title contenders. But the problem with United since for Alex uh, Ferguson left is that they have not been able to be consistent throughout the whole season. I, maybe they haven't had stretches like the ones they've had right now, but they just can't seem to find consistency throughout the rest of the, throughout a whole season. And I, I'm curious to see if United is going to be able to do that. They're on fire right now. Their soccer looks good. The goals are scoring in the middle of the week. Um, and this and this game against Leeds, they were they were great. They were, I'm not going to lie. The, the buildup was good. We saw Pogba play good in the middle of the week. We saw... Uh, James played good this week, uh, this weekend against Leeds. We're seeing a lot of players in United find their form. Uh, Rashford is playing good. Pogba looked good. The defense is starting to look stout. Even the hat had a couple saves. Like, we're starting to see this United team kind of play to their full potential. And there's no denying that United have one of the best rosters in the Premier League. They have a deep roster. They have talent at every position. Wan-Bissaka, Maguire, they spend a lot of money on this team. So if, if they're able to find that consistency, if Ole is able to get his tactics right, after the game against Leeds, he he was talking to the press conference and he was saying that Leeds, they knew how Leeds was playing and they knew how they could hurt him. And I was seeing the NBC broadcast and they were highlighting how they were pressing leads. They were sending a lot of people to one side and they were able to expose leads like that. If Oli's able to get his tactics right, if he's able to inspire this team, if he's able to, if United is able to keep this consistency, I have no reason to believe why United shouldn't be a contender at the end of the season. But like I said, since Sir Alex Ferguson left, they haven't been able to do it. Uh, there's a pretty large sample size with Oli, and it hasn't it hasn't been done right now. Have they turned the table? Have they turned the page? Have they found uh, a good form under Oli? I mean, this is this is the best stretch of games that they've played against Oli. So I'm gonna be able like, and they've had some horrible stretches with Oli too. So I'm curious to see are they able to keep it? Uh, I would like to see United be a contender, like. You may think I don't like United, but United, the league is better when United is good. Uh, Let me just say, let me just put it out there. The the Premier League is better when United is one of the top teams in the Premier League. If you're a United fan, if you're not a United fan, 
I think we could all agree on that. It's the same in the Serie A. Like, the league is better if, if the Milans are good. Or, or obviously, for La Liga, if Real Madrid and Barca are good. The league the league is better when the historic elite teams are good. It's just a simple fact. So I would like to see United, United go back to their glory days. Maybe that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the title every year. But I do. I would like to see them be competitive, be a top four team consistently. It just it just brings having United at the top is good for the Premier League, in my opinion. So we'll see if United. In my opinion, I think United will finish top four again. I don't think I don't think they'll be. I don't think they have a legit chance to be champions, and I, that might not be because of United, but that that might be because Liverpool. That is nothing nothing bad. I'm not saying nothing bad against United. It's just, in my opinion, Liverpool is just the class of the Premier League. But we're going to find out about a lot about United in these next coming weeks. They play Leicester next week. They play Wolves after that. They play Aston Villa and then Liverpool on January 17th. So keep keep an eye out for that. We'll see how they, they go, how their form is going into that Liverpool game. United is third place right now. Leicester second. So this next game, this next weekend, is going to be great. Wolves is always a uh, tough. They're not playing that well, but Wolves, Aston Villa, they're one of the better teams in the middle of the pack. And then Liverpool, that should be the real test. How United go into that game, how they're able to perform against Liverpool. That's that's a game I'm really looking forward to seeing. But on Saturday, Liverpool showed that they are the class of the Premier League. They are first place now. There are 31 points. Firmino has found his scoring boots. He scored two. Mane got out of his lump. He scored one. Salah came out, came on as a sub. He scored two. They look potent. They look strong. Liverpool is the class of the Premier League. I said it. They were my preseason picks for the Premier League. They had injuries. They lost Van Dijk. They lost their captain. They're still my pick to win the Premier League. Liverpool is the class of the Premier League. And I stumbled across this image in the premier in the on Twitter. It says Premier League title favorites Bia five thirty eight. Uh, I think that's a sporting website or something like that. They do statistics, I believe. And they had Manchester City at forty two percent, Liverpool at thirty nine percent, Manchester United at eight, Chelsea at six, Tottenham at two, Leicester at one, Aston Villa less than one percent, Everton less than one percent, Southampton less than one percent. I think this. No offense to five thirty eight. But this is ridiculous. Liverpool is number one going into Christmas. Man City is like fifth, I believe, or fourth. And Liverpool have found their rhythm, have found their consistency. I think this is disrespectful to Liverpool. Uh, There's no way Manchester City should be ahead of them. But like I said, Liverpool is the class of the Premier League. Their defense looks stout. After losing Van Dijk, it seems like they found their rhythm. Fabinho and Matip have been solid at the back. They have Allison back at, as a goalkeeper. I know they feel secure when he's back there. He's an amazing goalkeeper. They have Trent Alexander Trent Alexander Arnold back from injury. Alex came back this weekend. He's playing good. I mean, he's playing all right, but he's back. They're starting to get their depth back. They just put seven on Crystal Palace. That was that was just an amazing showing. The goals they were scoring were just vintage, beautiful goals by Liverpool. Uh, you have great deliveries getting put on for your strikers. You have great link-up play. You have Mane, Sal- Salah, Firmino playing 
amazing football. You have Henderson scoring bangers. You have Salah scoring another banger. Firmino found, like I said, Firmino finding his scoring boots, getting in rhythm again. That should be scary to the rest of the Premier League because Jota's hurt right now and he was on fire. So if he comes back scoring goals too, and then you have Firmino now on form and Mane got on form now and Salah can't stop scoring. He scores for fun, it seems like. And meaning Mino is scoring too and Henderson scoring bangers and Ox came back. Trent Arnold, Alexander is back. And Matip and Fabinho have found their partnership. It's solid in the back. And Allison is back and he's secure at the back. Robertson's on the side and he's having great deliveries. How are you going to beat Liverpool? Give me a team that could go to Anfield, that could welcome Liverpool to their home stadium and, and you say that they'll beat Liverpool. Where, where are the games that Liverpool is going to drop points? Someone pointed out to me. Because Liverpool is informed. Klopp is the best coach in the Premier League. He has a plug-and-play system. He has a great system in Liverpool. Seems like whoever he puts on the field shines. Today, Salah started on the bench. I mean, not today. On Saturday, Salah started on the bench. Put Minimino. Or he plays good. I, I'm I'm astounded. I'm I'm speechless at how well Liverpool is playing without Van Dyke, with all the injuries they had. They're finally getting their players back. And we're going into January transfer where it, there's rumors that they might bring in another center back to fortify that center center back position. You could put Fabinho as your holding midfielder. It just opens up so many possibilities that Liverpool could do. They're they're going into Christmas as a top of the table team, top of the table in the Premier League. They're going into Christmas. They're going into Boxing Day, Boxing Day as the best team in the Premier League. January transfer window is almost here, and they might get stronger. Klopp is a great coach. I just don't see. I just don't see. I just don't see Liverpool dropping a lot of points going forward, and all these other teams don't look consistent. Uh, Manchester United might be the closest one right now, but we'll see how they do. Chelsea bounced back this weekend, but we see that they could slip up. City just seems to be really dry on goals right now. They're winning games 1-0. We'll, we'll see if they fortify their team in January. But this is Liverpool's title to lose. They're the reigning champions. They're my pick. They were my preseason pick. They're still my pick. I am just... I admire their football. I love what Klopp is doing there. I, um. I'm all in on Liverpool. They're going to win the title unless something drastic changes or some crazy injury happens to Liverpool or someone makes a huge splash in the January transfer market. I have Liverpool repeating as the Premier League champions. They are just the class of the Premier League. And it was evident on Saturday. It was evident this weekend. It's been evident the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> Liverpool is the... It's just a class on on their own, it seems like right now. Liverpool is the class of the Premier League. <clears throat> but you know who's not the class of the Premier League? My Wolves. On Monday, the Wolves, my Wolves lost to Burnley 2-1. And I, just going into the game, I thought the formation sucked. I'm just going to say blatantly. Uh, we're playing against the Burnley side that has struggled to score goals. And the Wolves put five in the back three defensive midfielders and just kind of left Neto and Potence up there with no real link-up play, with no creativity behind them. I think Neto plays better on the left side when he's able to run at defenders 
when he's able to use his strong left to cross or he's able to cut back to his right and link um, find players in the in the box i think it was a mistake to not play silva uh he brings a presence he brings a taller presence to the offensive side and without him there's nobody in there uh, neto is short potence is even shorter there's not really a presence there and with five in the back it just five in the back works great against big teams against teams like chelsea against teams with large uh like player salaries that you, you know they're the team responsible for going forward attacking looking for the win when you're playing against burnley a team that they're comfortable sitting back or they're not they don't have the pressure to go look for the result you're just inviting these small clubs to have the ball to get chances you're inviting smaller teams to find themselves in the game to build confidence to believe in themselves to think that they could actually beat you and i think that's a bad approach by the wolves when you're playing a team beneath them beneath them in talent beneath them in in the table wolves should be the team that gets the ball and goes forward and if you start five at the back if you put three defensive midfielders because that's what Moutinho and Neves are playing this year that's what uh the american owen is playing uh it just it just gives burnley too much freedom to go forward to get confidence to think they could win this game and i think that was nuno's main mistake or first mistake was the lineup and then obviously the players didn't show up they didn't they didn't come to play uh they they looked dead in the sec in the first half after all the subs that nuno did honestly the wolves weren't creating chances they weren't really putting pope uh pope was not the hero by any chance uh the burnley goalkeeper uh, I think Silva was the only positive from this game. I think he has to start going forward. Uh, he he he's a presence in the in the box. You you could tell by the penalty he he earned. He was able to hold the ball and make himself big and shield the ball away from his defender. And then he took a touch. Defender came kind of kind of clumsily. He he came in. He had just came in, so he was not in the rhythm game. Silva sold the foul well, and then I love that Silva took the penalty. It shows that he's a leader. It shows that the moment is not too big for him. It showed character. I I like what I saw from Silva today. I think he going forward he has to start. Uh he should have started this this game too. And but I'm I'm glad he got his first goal in the Premier League uh, after a large transfer fee. I know there's a lot of pressure to roll Jimenez got hurt. I know there's a lot of pressure. So it's good to get that monkey off the back. I hope Silva scores more and more goals. I'm excited to see how he progresses with the Wolves. I think he was one of the few positives to take away from this game. I thought Neves looked weak again. He he was giving up the ball way too easily. He had a lot of errant passes. He gave away a ball right outside of the Wolves box that ended up hitting the post. Uh it's just it's just I don't know what's going on with Neves. It's frustrating. He was one of our best players last season. He was one of the best players the season before and it's just this year he's had a big drop in his game. And I don't know I have to sit Nevis in a while. It just seems like Nevis doesn't work that well with Moutinho. It's either Nevis or Moutinho. You can't have both of them. They're too similar. They're they're not mobile enough. That midfielder look that midfield looks low and clunky when they're both in there and they're not physical. So they're slow and they're not physical. So uh, you can't have two of those in my opinion. You can't have Moutinho and Nevis that one of them has to sit. I think uh the Wolves really missed Dan Docker's physicality today. They really missed Bali's uh physicality too they were both i guess i guess they were both sitting because of injuries 
but it, it, the season's uh, the season's been a roller coaster. I thought after beating Chelsea that that was going to be the, the week. This was going to be the week where Wolves turned it around. They were playing Burnley, who was on relegation zone. I thought Wolves were going to win. They were going to go up. They were going to move up the table. But real disappointing loss by the Wolves. They play Tottenham next, who have just lost two games in a row. But they were top of the table just last weekend. So we'll see how that works. Uh, I think a team like Tottenham that likes to sit back, they'll have the pressure to go look for the game. So Wolves might be able to get them in their counterattack. We'll see if they play five in the back. But just uh, my overall take from this game against Burnley was that the formation sucked. If we're going to play four in the back against Liverpool, if we're going to play four in the back against Aston Villa, and we switched to a five against Chelsea, I get it. That makes sense. But why are we not switching back to a back four against Burnley and and taking the game to them, being the offensive team, being the team that has the responsibility to go forward? Uh, I just didn't like I didn't like the lineup. It let Burnley get into the game. It let them build confidence. They were in relegation zone. You got to put those teams away. You got to show them who's the top team early, not let them build confidence. I think the Wolves, that was their mistake. Um and honestly, it could have been a bigger loss to Burnley. Burnley had chances that they should have put away. But Patricio, real Patricio, had a good game. He had like three or four saves that could have easily been goals for Burnley. It could have been a way more alarming loss. I didn't like Nuno talking to the, about the refs at the end of the game. It, it just seems like he's diverting. He, he didn't get his tactics right. I still trust Nuno. I, I trust that he'll fix it. Uh, I don't think the Wolves are in trouble of being relegated this year. They're still like 10 points away from relegation zone. So, and they have the talent to stay up. But just the fact that we're kind of thinking about this stuff just goes to show the type of season the Wolves are having. I hope they turn it around soon. Uh, there's still no timetable for Jimenez to come back. So in the meantime, I think we do, the Wolves have to start Silva. You got to give him playing time. You got to go through the growing pains because it's better if you lose with him than if you don't lose with him. And... If we are going to try the back four, these are the teams that you got to try to try it against, against Burnley, a relegation team, a, re, a team that's fighting relegation. If, you really, if you're really serious about making that transition to the back four, why are you not trying it out against Burnley? That's just one of my frustrations for this game. And I want to see Neves play better. And I want to see Vitinha get more playing time, maybe start. And, but yeah, I think Wolves... Hopefully they bounce back against Tottenham, but it's just a real frustrating game all around. Disappointing performance, embarrassing performance by the Wolves against Burnley. And shout out to Burnley for uh, playing confident, looking like the livelier team. They look good. They look good. Shout out to Burnley. They're out of relegation zone and uh, they moved up the table. I believe they jumped up to like 17th. So good for Burnley and hopefully the Wolves bring it against Tottenham next weekend. But the NBA season starts tomorrow, Tuesday, November 22nd. One of the shortest off-seasons in NBA history. Probably the shortest off-season in NBA history. Before the season starts, I do want to give my NBA awards predictions and my NBA uh, playoff predictions. Who's going to make the playoffs in each conference. So without further, further of doubt, these are my predictions for the NBA awards. For the MVP, I have Luka Doncic. He is an amazing player for the Dallas Mavericks. 
uh, he had he could have won most improved last year because he was that good even though he won rookie of the year first year he, he was great second year i think he's gonna follow it up with another third act that's even gonna be even better i do have the mavs making the playoffs they're gonna be a top three seed in my opinion so i have for mvp luka Doncic is my prediction rookie of the year this was a close call i was thinking wiseman uh, I think the Warriors are a great franchise, even though they have the first they have the first overall pick. Or no, they didn't have they were the worst they had the worst record last year. I I thought they were a great team. They're they're still one of the best ran franchises in the NBA. And I think they're gonna put Wiseman in a great position going forward. But I have to give it to LaMelo Ball with the Hornets. I think they're gonna give him the keys to the car. They're gonna let him do and run the offense as he pleases. And I think he has a lot of talent. His shooting might be a little off. And there's going to be growing pains as a rookie. But I think LaMelo Ball is going to win Rookie of the Year when it's all said and done. Six man. My six man of the year for the 2020-2021 season. Jordan Clarkson. Uh, he was a sniper last year with the Jazz. He had a great bubble. He looked good. He had high-scoring games. I think Jordan Clarkson is going to be... Great for the Jazz this year. He's gonna give them a lot of points off the off the bench. I have Jordan Clarkson winning sixth man of the year. Most improved player, Shy Julius Alexander from the OKC Thunder. Uh, I don't know how good OKC is gonna be. They're probably gonna be towards the bottom of the West, but Shy is gonna get his chance to shine, and I think he will. It's gonna be his team this year, and he had a great rookie year. He had a great sophomore year. I think he takes another year. I believe this is his third year. He's going to be great, and he's going to show his talent. He's going to have good numbers. He's going to have good numbers on a bad team, but I think that's still get him the award. Uh, SGA is going to get most improved, in my opinion, at the end of the season. Defensive player of the year, I have Anthony Davis. He was in contention last year. I think he get, he wins it this year. He leads the Lakers defense, and... Uh, he finally gets his defensive player of the year this year. AD for defensive player of the year. Coach of the year. I think my coach of the year is kind of tied with the MVP. I think the Mavs are going to make a huge leap. Luka Doncic is going to win the MVP. He's going to have great numbers. The Mavs are going to have a great record. And because of that, Rick Carlisle is going to win the coach of the year, in my opinion. The Mavs coach, Rick Carlisle, is my preseason coach of the year pick. So those were the awards. Those were my awards prediction. Once again, quickly, MVP, Luka Doncic, Rookie of the Year, LaMelo Ball, Sixth Man, Jordan Clarkson, Most Improved, SGA, Shai Julius Alexander, Defensive Player of the Year, AD, Coach of the Year, Rick Carlisle. Those are my awards. And now for my playoffs, the teams I'm, I think I'm um, are going to make the playoffs. In the West, number one, Lakers, uh, reigning champions, improved their roster, make, made a lot of roster tweaks. They should be right there. Mavs, Luka Doncic for MVP. Clippers, they have two super, two stars in their team. Nuggets, great roster, good coach. Warriors come back into the playoffs. Wiseman's going to be there. Curry's healthy. Draymond Green should be back to his all-star level or close to it. Jazz, Blazers, Suns have the Suns making the playoffs. So I don't think nothing crazy. Lakers, Mavs, Clippers, Nuggets, Warriors, Jazz, Blazers, Suns. A lot of people have the Pelicans, maybe the Timberwolves, maybe the Kings. But I think they're going to fall short. The Suns are going to be the, one of the new teams that make the playoffs. 
Lakers, Mavs, Clippers, Nuggets, Warriors, Jazz, Blazers, and Suns. For the East, my East prediction for the playoffs, the Bucks. Bucks have Bucks got Drew Holiday, and they have the reigning MVP and on on Tetecupo. Bucks. And then I have the Nets, AD, Kyrie. Don't need to say much more. They have a lot of depth. Sixers, I think uh, Doc Rivers gets the Sixers on the right way. They get the third seed. Um, ben Simmons and Bede. We'll see if they trade for. Uh, we'll see if they trade for James Harden. Oh, I do want to say this for the West. If if the Rockets keep Harden, they'll make the playoffs. I don't know who who falls out, but the Rockets will make the playoffs if Harden stays there the whole year. Continuing with the East, Bucks, Nets, Sixers, and then I have the Celtics, uh, Brown, Tatum. That should get them to the playoffs. Raptors, uh, they have an amazing coach. They should make the playoffs. Lowry's back. Uh, Heat, Pacers, and Wizards. Heat, Pacers, solid teams. They were in the playoffs last year. I think they stay in the playoffs. I think the Wizards make the playoffs this year. I think Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, what am I saying? Russell Westbrook brings that energy to that team, brings the passion, gets them on the right track. Beal and Westbrook should be enough to get the Wizards in the playoffs. But one more time, just quickly going over my playoff predictions. Teams are going to make the playoffs for the 2020-2021 season in the West. Lakers, Mavs, Clippers, Nuggets, Warriors, Jazz, Blazers, and Suns. And in the East, the Bucks, the Nets, the Sixers, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Heat, the Pacers, the Wizards. So let me know. Let me know what are you, what are you guys' uh Teams that you guys think are going to make the playoffs. What, what do you guys have for your MVP, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man, and Most Improved? And I do have the Lakers going up against the Lakers going up against the Bucks in the NBA Finals. Is my Finals prediction: Lakers versus Bucks. And I have the Lakers repeating. I have the Lakers going back to back. That's my preseason pick. Uh, I think the Nets are going to fall short. Maybe next year it'll take a little bit to gel. I think the Bucks finally get to the playoffs. Giannis gets over the hump. He finally gets to the to the finals, but it's still LeBron's world and the Lakers repeat. But that should do it. That should do it for this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This was episode 24. My name is Ismael San Juan. Have a great day.